Hello, I'm Somi Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher and the founder of Impi. My guest on today's podcast is Raul Pao, co-founder and CEO of Real Vision. Recently, Raul came onto the Impi platform with Carly Riley for one of her token-gated sessions, which was available to OPJ and Real Vision holders. Now, Real Vision is also using Impeak for their token-gated content, and I had a chance to speak with Raul. We covered two big topics. One was about big banks and corporations coming into Web3, and the second one was the future of tokenized communities, social media, and tokenized education. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So Raul, uh, before I press record, I told you that uh, what an honor it is to have you here. Uh, you know, I, I have been uh, very much influenced by the work that you have done over time. I think in many ways, uh, I wouldn't be here doing the things that I'm doing and building the, the platform that I'm building if it wasn't for people like yourself, uh, you know, and, and uh, other amazing people in the space that um, have really helped um, you know, uh, shine a light on what is possible with this technology. So uh, you've definitely have had um, a big impact on opening my eye. Um, but now today, what I wanted to discuss with you is, uh, you know, maybe if you think about who is our target audience today, I would say that it will be people who are working in big corporations, um, you know, big companies, uh, banks that, um, are listening to this and they're thinking, I don't get what this is about. You know, they're like, you know, they, they think that this is just about some speculation, some uh, this this whole Web3 space. So so let's try and explain between the two of us. Let's try and see, you know, and I want to get your take on. Let's try and simply explain to, let's say somebody is listening to this in JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley and HSBC. Let's try and explain to them what is Web3? Why does this technology matter? So if you're an investment bank, it's really straightforward. You are the gatekeeper to your clients and everybody has to come through you. And occasionally you might hold dinner and get some clients together or an event, but that's it. So you don't have a network effect that others leverage. They have to go to you for that. Web3 enables distributed networks of people and people to be able to share in the success of that network. So imagine if Morgan Stanley had tokenized, and I, I've been speaking to an investment bank who's looking at doing this, a smaller investment bank, boutique investment bank, who've tokenized their clients. And I'm looking at doing it with the uh, exponential age asset management uh, to create a token around our clients. So now your clients and you share in the success because the value of a network is driven by the number of connections between the people on the network and the number of people on the network. So if Morgan Stanley were to have a Morgan Stanley token, and that token is your access to the Morgan Stanley world, but not just via the salespeople or the websites, but actually to the other customers themselves. Now, what could you do? What value could you create without the need of the investment bank in the middle, but the investment bank still gets fees because the network value goes up, or maybe they take every time there's a transaction, a, a small part, but imagine how disruptive that is to having salespeople or, or M&A bankers or any of that stuff. When a client at one end can speak directly to the other, they're on the Morgan Stanley platform, they're authenticated, they are who they are, 
And so now they can network with each other in a way that you can only do at these big giant events, which investment banks love to be controlling over. You know, who's talking to what you allow is that freedom of information, exchange of ideas, and the leveraging of a network. That makes it very valuable to join that network. So Morgan Stanley creates a tangible asset out of an intangible. The intangible is they've got a bunch of really good clients that can do business. The tangible, and a salesperson knows if I get these clients together, they'll probably do more business than if I keep them apart. But investment banks don't think that way. They want to keep everybody separate, don't speak to each other. Same with asset management firms. But actually, if you put people together and say, you're now a participant in this network, then all that economic activity on the network drives the value of the network higher. So everybody benefits, the bank and the customers, and everyone has a value for being part of that network. So it's much the same as, you know, as clubs. You know, you buy a membership to a club only for the fact that you want to meet the other people in the club and use the facilities. Now, club memberships don't go up in value, generally speaking, apart from gated golf clubs and stuff like that where there's a limited supply. They don't go up in value because none of the benefits accrue to the club itself. They just get the people coming in, buying drinks and paying for subscriptions. But if the club were to participate in the economic benefits that getting all those people together creates, then it's worth a lot more money. It's a, it's a really simple concept behind Web3, which is an alignment of interest and a removal of middlemen at the center of everything. doesn't mean they don't play a role. They can be the facilitators, the organizers, the creators of ideas, the, the synthesizers. But if you allow the network to operate itself, it's like in the old days, you used to have to phone before my time. You used to call the operator and say, hey, put me through to Somi. And then we got phone numbers. And suddenly what happens? Business explodes because you can call everybody directly. And then it became even easier with the rise of mobile phones and all the information in your fingertips. These are just networks, typical Metcalfe's law network effects. And the value that accrues goes exponential because there's all of the people working for the network to make it valuable. So another classic example is Facebook. So Facebook is a classic Web2 story, which is they provide you the utility of being able to connect with people, sell stuff, do whatever you want on their network. They own the network. The shareholders own the network. And then they monetize you as you, as you use the network, ads, other, other fees. Now, Facebook was a very powerful business and still remains so to this day. But imagine if you'd the shareholders got rich and everybody else got taken advantage of, really. But they got the utility. That was the trade-off. Imagine if Facebook had given every single user shares in Facebook. Imagine what that would have done to that company. It would have been easily the world's largest company because you are now a shareholder. We've seen this with governments, right? It, when I was young in the UK, we privatized British Telecom. And privatizing British Telecom was a way to give economic participation that generated both economic benefits for government, the company itself, and the people. So, you know, these are not new concepts. Tokenization just makes it really easy to authenticate. If you think of a share, it's really difficult to authenticate. I don't have a share certificate. How do you, how do you authenticate 
who you are, what you are, how you belong to the Berkshire Hathaway shareholders doesn't work. But tokenization allows that instantaneously because it can become your identity. So your Morgan Stanley token can be your Morgan Stanley token, and that gives you access to everything in the Morgan Stanley world, much like you'll have a client ID. But it allows you to move elsewhere with that without giving up your Morgan Stanley details, you know, because maybe Soho House want to take Morgan Stanley people. And they say, well, if you've got a token, you get discounted membership. Okay, now you're leveraging other people's networks. Um as opposed to giving your client identifier at Morgan Stanley, we can't verify it, but a token you can verify. So there's there's so many ways of which it becomes your digital ID, it becomes it creates the network effects, and then you've got the smart contract element, which is every single thing we as humans do is contractual. Every single thing, including this. Society functions via contracts. Verbal, understood, explicit. Implicit, explicit, and... Um, written all sorts of different ways. Now, all of those, if we go to the investment banking industry, um, every derivative contract, every OTC derivative contract is vaguely unique. Yes, sure, it might be a swap, but it might have certain terms, or it could be an option. That is a contract. It's a unique contract. Now, right now, it's a nightmare to settle all of this stuff, to understand who owns what, to... Um, to sweep the collateral, to figure out anything that happens within the whole ecosystem. It's opaque. There's all these ISDA complications. Have you signed the ISDA? Banks have backlogs of ISDAs. It's all a mess. Now, yes, some of it's gone to centralized exchanges, but you can do all of this on a smart contract. So I can buy from Morgan Stanley a call option on the euro. I don't have to sell it back to their desk. I can sell it back to Deutsche Bank. Because in that contract is the code of what it is. And if it pays out, it pays out. So it's, you know, everything, insurance contracts, ticketing, um, almost every form of digital identification, your driver's license is a contract, your passport is a contract. They're all contracts. And it's so much more efficient to have these that instantaneously settle and are verified by a distributed network. Because therefore, you can't have bad actors as easily because you can find out who they are. Um, and it has to be verified by the network. So you can't fake your Morgan Stanley ID. Your token works or doesn't work. And because they're bearer assets, you, you hold them yourself. So you can allow authentication or not. So there is, I mean, it, it is a complete change of global business model and how behavioral economics fits into the modern society. Uh, and people don't understand it because they think it's about cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency is the value of that network of which it's upon. So, of course, they go up and down a lot because these networks are new. But imagine if you owned a token on the entire global value of the mobile phone network. What is that worth? Trillions of dollars. Uh, now, imagine, you know, all and all of the fees that accrue from using the network. The same can be said of almost any network. And so these things are going to accrue extraordinary amounts of tangible values that used to be intangibles. And, and that's what this is all that's, about. Yeah. So um, let's try to explain this idea of smart contracts for Web2 companies that are thinking about coming into the space. So um, I give this example of, let's say, 
in Web2, if I wanted to uh, get, say, 28,000 people on, a, on my platform, you know, uh, or 30,000 people on my platform, I would have to pay so much money to, uh, say, a Facebook and, and all these other kind of gatekeepers of, of data, right? Uh, in a way that like it's basically you're you're kind of like at their mercy and you would have to spend so much money to get those people to actually come into your platform log into the platform you know create an account so just to get followers because you have to pay for followers separately you have to pay for uh you know engagement separately right so if you have following on say for example instagram you don't own that following you know you have to pay for you have to pay to get the followers and you have to pay to get engagement then you have to pay to get them onto your platform and maybe eventually get their email. But tokens and, and smart contracts makes it possible for a whole new level of network effects where companies and, and uh, what we call communities. So that's another thing we should explain to them. What is community? What is a community in, in Web3, right? So, so we're going to come to that. But, but these smart contracts are making it possible for a new way of marketing and new way of you know, expanding your network that was never possible before. For example, you know, uh, unstoppable domains have got three million people who have um, who have a unstoppable domain so far, and they've got like seven hundred thousand people in their mailing list, and they've got you know uh, so much going on for them, right? All I had to do was like take their smart contract address, put it in my platform, and then give the entire unstoppable domain community access to my platform, and and like you know. How bullish is that? Like, you know, and imagine that now if you could do the same thing with between, let's say, HSBC had a token, right? HSBC had a token for all of their staff. And then um, maybe then within their uh, community, uh, within their um, uh, company, maybe they had a separate token for people who work in marketing. And then they had a separate token for people who work in HR. And now imagine if the, the HR people from HSBC could easily collaborate with uh, the HR people from JP Morgan just because they have this, you know, they both have tokens, right? And now you could create a whole new level of network effects. You know, if you create conferences, if you create, if you want to share resources and, and then, you know, if you had the same. Well, it becomes even bigger than that is even when you think about managing a corporation. Mm -hmm. So if one of the things you want your do is your teams to collaborate and you pay bonuses based on that, well, if you go into the room and you show your QR, QR code and it says that you've met with these people, right, you've got a way of, of having a quantifiable bonus structure. There is also another thing that most companies have is the, the people who do particularly well are very in demand. So everybody wants more of their time. I think at some point we will just tokenize time. So if there's a HSBC token, and you happen to be the amazing IT person that everybody wants to use, well, you have to pay with tokens. And so you've got a free market in people's time. That becomes very powerful in allocation of resources because if I go to that guy, and I don't have a pressing urgent need, but that guy's currently $200 an hour, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go to the other guy who's almost as good, but is trading at half the price. So you get an efficient allocation of resources within a corporation, and it happens at economic level overall as well so there are so many ways that we haven't even started that we can do with these smart contracts and the tokens and the smart contract is 
basically code that settles the contract, that tells you the rules of the contract and how it's settled. Um, it's as simple as that. But And that's why anything could be kind of stored on it. It's, it's basically storing something on a blockchain. Yeah, we need to also explain this idea of programmability of tokens, right? For example, we created these tokens that are uh, programmed in a way that after 45 days, they will disappear from your uh, wallet. They will get burned, right? So so this is a new way of, so we are giving guest pass, you know, we're using it as a guest pass. So you can program that in a way that, um, you know, when you do certain amount of activity on Discord or, you know, on other social channels, and eventually we'll build that in, into our platform, where when people have got a certain amount of activity, let's say, for example, we are going to build this thing where when whenever people watch, you know, 10 or five or however many Real Vision uh, videos that they will automatically get a certificate that says that they got this thing, right? So, so then that certificate will be connected to your token and your token will be upgradable. So you will be like, like for example, we've got this thing with our tokens where you start on, uh, it's all about, that's what we are called in peak. It's all about like reaching your peak potential, right? So, so we've got this idea that when you first get your token, you are on level zero of Mount Fuji. And then you go from, uh, from level zero, which is base camp, you go to then level one heights, then you go to level two, you know, a pinnacle, then you go to level three summit, you know, and, and you get to the peak, right? Uh, you eventually get to the peak. peak. So so then when then you start on the next mountain, you go to Mont Blanc, you know, so it's like, then you go to the next mountain, which is like Kilimanjaro, right? So we have got these six mountains and you have these 36 uh, stages and it might take you five years to complete that. But now somebody could look at your token just by taking a look at your token, they could immediately say, you know, and you, you place that on your profile, who needs a CV? You, you look at that immediately and, and you immediately know that this person has a depth of level of understanding of Web3 or, you know, this, this specific topic. Now imagine how is that going to completely disrupt, uh, you know, something like HR? You know, like today I spoke to somebody who has um, left one of the big banks and then went and worked in crypto and then she was laid off. And as I was talking, I actually asked her, I said that, do you know Real Vision? And she said, no. I was like, okay, so like, where do I go from here? Like, how can you not know Real Vision, right? Like, like you know, so these are the kind of things that that then I, all I have to do is look at, does she have a POAP? Does she have, you know, uh, these um, it, it, these tokens can be programmable in a way that they're all connected to each other. And, you know, and, and on the platform, I can look at like people who are, if you are- if well, Just think of education, work experience, anything, they can all be done, you know, all NFT, all, all certification for everything will be NFTs because then you take it around with you. You've got authentication in seconds. You don't have to look for your old school certificate that you've stuffed in a drawer somewhere and you can't remember where it is. Um, you know, all of that becomes much easier to manage. Your life becomes much easier. You have one wallet, all your authentications are in there and you can do all of that. Um, and it, as I said before, it supercharges behavioral economics. So behavioral economics is basically gamification of the global economy it's 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 human incentives it's basically psychology and, and behavioral sciences and you know how you incentivize people is much easier when you've got a token-based system basically that is not far off what facebook did with the like button and stuff like that some of them they, they're using emotion as the token essentially but basically you can 
incentivize people to take certain action. Now, games have done this for years. That's why games have scaled so big that they're bigger than all other media added together um, because because of the behavioral incentives within the game. You get here, then you get that. You come here, and then you get that. Can you take it from one game to the other? Well, that comes down to blockchain. You know, it's Again, it's at every fundamental level of everything we do is human economic activity changes because of blockchain technology. Absolutely. The the only thing I would say, though, is that there's been a damage done to the reputation of the space because no, of what it's, happened. Like, because, so how can I explain? Because every time I'm trying to explain. Yeah, because the they're looking at the wrong thing. Well, the, I can't help you. That's mm. They have to understand that this is like having the telephone or the internet, right? It's not, I don't like it, or it goes up and down in price. It's irrelevant what you think. The technology genie is out of the bottle. The technology is not going away. And it's growing at an extraordinary pace. And we've already seen California starting to try car documents on the internet. We're seeing real estate. We're seeing the European Investment Bank using bonds. We're seeing various countries experimenting with currencies, central bank digital currencies. We're seeing it's at every level. So everybody's opinion is absolutely irrelevant right now about what they think and what it should be. And, oh, my God, FTX. It's nothing to do with all of that. That is just one of the manifestations of how people can utilize this market. And that's buying and selling securities or tokens or whatever. And financial markets is full of that, you know currency everybody does it almost every day without even realizing it they're trading currencies when they buy something off the us amazon website people don't even know but financialization of everything is there so you know should stuff be regulated of course but that is not the technology the technology is all of the things we're talking about is how to leverage behavioral science and technology itself with distributed ledger systems to disrupt almost every business model because it's more efficient, it's faster, and it's safer. And in this world, it's really important. We can't navigate this world any longer with KYC. We have to go to my bank, get a letter signed, go and find some utility bill, put that. It's ludicrous. The whole lot can be done in one second on blockchain. Now, India's done this, but not on blockchain. They have something called India Stack, and you authenticate yourself with your fingerprint or your retina scan. And within that, you can attach what's known as India Stack, which is all of your KYC documentation, including your medical records and your university certificates. And I can go into a bank and open a bank account with my fingerprint. I don't need a wallet. I don't need a passport. I don't need anything because it's all in there. They see it all. They authenticate it. Done. Seconds. Now, think of how many staff you can save. Think of the costs that you save. Think of how much happier your customers are if they don't have to do all of this shit every time you you try and do something. Imagine having one authentication where all your KYC document is. So all of this is happening. And I speak to Google, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I speak to LinkedIn. I speak to Meta. All of these networks, they're all going down this route. How far do you think we are? Let's say if somebody is sitting in a big corporation right now, looking at this, how far is this re uh, realistically to for them to actually feel the pinch? Look, we've just seen this with AI. We knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming. And then it came in a way that shocked us to our core. I mean, everybody is like, okay, 
everything has changed. Society's changed. We don't even know what it means for education. We don't even know what it means to be a human in certain aspects anymore. The industries we thought wouldn't be disrupted, the creative industries, were disrupted first. Right, so the scale of what is happening in AI and how fast that came, that was the fastest adoption of any product ever. 20 days, zero to 11 million people. And if you listen to um, the CEO of Microsoft, he's saying the same thing. It's like blockchain will have that moment when something happens. India is already where... testing blockchain CBDCs. Yeah. And I spoke to the chief fintech officer of uh, the Monetary Authority of Singapore. And he's like, oh, my God, you should see India's software application for the CBDC. It's basically like cash. So I can just flick you a 50 rupee note and it goes to you. It's also private. And the way of using cash in a way that is really simple for people that is recorded on the blockchain so they understand their money supply and all of the, the elements of economics that they can do it and, and running an economy. That's just one of these things. So, you know, if you're an investment bank, every part of your borrowing and lending is toast. It's all gone because it'll happen on a blockchain ledger and you will be a, as an investment bank, you will be a wholesaler to that system. Um, much like the option traders tend to be wholesalers into the, you know, listed option market, stuff like that. So I don't know if it's tomorrow or whether it's in three years. But if you wait too late, you will not be ready. Somebody else will eat your lunch. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I'm super excited about is where AI meets blockchain. And this is what we're going to do on our platform. You know, when you go to uh, Discord, there's so much noise, right? Like you have a few Discord channels. I don't know how many Discord you are in, but, you know, if you have like a hundred Discords, you know, each of them is pinging, pinging constantly and people are posting. So we are going to use AI to condense the data and and like figure out exactly what is suitable for you. So you're because if if our platform is going to have hundreds, then thousands, then tens of thousands, then eventually millions. You know, I actually looked at how many creators uh, do you think are there on on YouTube? There are fifty eight million creator channels on YouTube, and there are fifty one million companies on uh, on. Uh, LinkedIn. So because I was trying to figure out what's our market size and and that's roughly our market size, 50 million creators, because all these creators, what they're going to do is they're going to use the way I see it. What we are designing is that you use YouTube, Twitter, other things to as your top of the funnel. You know, you 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 have your free content on these things. And then we are going to enable you to have all of your token gated content in one place on Impeak. And then we are going to use AI to help condense this information so that we can create a recommendation engine so that, you know, you are not being pulled in so many different directions and you can slowly, this machine learning algorithm will learn what's important to you. You know, for example, if I'm part of, you know, 20 communities, you know, there are th certain things that I want to know. I want to know when there is a token upgrade or token drop. I want to know when there's an event that's important to me, you know, like these kinds of things. And then you will only get a small stream of important, you know, uh, information that's that matters to you. But also right now, all the power mm -hmm. of the network is owned by Google and Facebook because they have the identification of each person and what activity. So we can use Google Analytics to get some of that information. 
and that's why we use Google because we get some of the information. Now, this is a publicly available ledger. And so it's, it's what's known as a social graph. So what's in people's wallets will identify that they went to this concert, they bought this ticket, they've got this insurance company, they do all of the things that we will use smart contracts will be in your secure wallet. And those are verifiable on the chain. So therefore, AI and machine learning will be able to just look at, well, if that person bought Beyonce tickets and they're a member of Board 8 Yacht Club and they do this, they're likely to buy Gucci, right? And what you're doing is putting the power outside of the Google network and giving it to the network itself. So again, which is why it accrues value because it takes value out of the Google network. Now, interesting enough, Google understand this. They understand that this is a fight and they understand that they're going to have to go here eventually because if not, they get disrupted. So they're going to have to disrupt themselves. Yeah, but you know, the thing is that you have to really deeply know Web3 uh, and you don't you shouldn't do you shouldn't have to know no, anything them, about it for 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 google oh, they, like they've they got amazing people i've i've presented okay. to i've done the google talks i presented to their web there's like i presented to 600 people and of google and they're all ultra smart they totally get it i know all of the meta team they're amazing people they get it deeply so and the linkedin team and even people like ticketmaster so don't ever underestimate. No, no, I definitely don't people. underestimate. I am very, very close actually with the LinkedIn team. I see what, you know, where I know where kind of like where their thoughts are. And honestly, they're nowhere near thinking about this level of uh, like the understanding of tokens and, and the way that these um, technologies can, can work. What, what they will probably do is buy, you know, this is the innovator's dilemma, right? So they will potentially like end up like buying, uh, you know, another company that is building that. But most people that I see in LinkedIn, for example, they are not really deeply Web3 people. And uh, I, I think that yeah, even, but you know, I, I know there's a whole Web three team because I've spent some time with them. So yeah. they they are, but they they have to be very careful. Uh, yeah, that's how they another, move without yes, disrupting another, themselves. Right, yeah. Google makes billions of dollars in advertising, <laughs> and if it gets rid of all the middlemen and the identifiers, then the advertising revenue goes away. So they they need to be absolutely sure that what they're doing is not going to unbalance their existing network. But a startup coming in, and, and I want to, you know, this use this opportunity to to take your advice on this. A startup coming in, like, you know, where I'm talking about myself, right? And and you have a chip on your shoulder and you're like, you know, like these guys, you know, like I, I, I've had, uh, I, I've worked so, uh, uh, so hard to build all this content and I've done do all these things on the different platforms and each of them have got their own um you know uh algorithms in a way that basically their algorithm is uh optimized for making you create a lot of content and each of them wants you to customize that content in a in a way that like for example Gary V in 2015 or 16 he said at that time that he had 17 people working on his content 17 people across the different social media who who has got that right not many people have have that ability to do that right so the, basically what you are doing, you're you're kind of like the dinosaur that turned into a fuel for these, you know, uh, for these um, algorithms, right? So you're working for them. You're working for them, right? So so that's why, that's what I want to change, right? So I was like, okay, I want to build 
something that puts the uh, power back into the creators, uh, you know, creators. Um, and the thing is, I don't have anything to lose. You know, like when I think about it, like these companies, they have a lot to lose. Well, I don't have anything to lose. And I figured out that there is this loophole, you know, maybe you call it loophole or, or this possibility that is that is uh, there for the taking, you know, with, with smart contracts and the way that you can connect communities and you can enable them to monetize and you they can decide the, the cadence of content that they want to put out, that they're not going to be under this, uh, this uh, immense pressure. You know, you think about it, if you want to be successful, you have to, you know, with, with um, to break the algorithm in uh, TikTok, you have to create five pieces of content a day to get ahead and, and to be like five pieces of content a day, who has got time? And then you have to do the same thing on YouTube. And then you have to do the same thing on, on uh, you know, reels. This is not sustainable. And as somebody who has, who feels very deeply with, you know, what, what the pain of the creators are, uh, you know, is it's so I want to create a, a, a platform where people, you know, if we are going to have advertising, that it will be opt-in, that you will get a share of it you know, because you have that token. So every time you will continually, you know, uh, uh, accumulate tokens. One other thing is, um, you know, when you, when you, let's say you, Rao Pal, uh, you're on the platform and, and somebody wants to message you, they have to spend tokens to message you and you will decide how many tokens you want to, you know, you put your price, you will say to, to message me, you need to spend 500 real vision tokens, right? For example, right? Like if you have a fungible tokens. And, and the other thing is we're going to make it possible for you to use your own token, not necessarily our token, you know, like we can make it possible for people to use their own tokens. So you put the, uh, you know, you, you, if you build from scratch, you build it in a way that with the creator in mind, with the, you know, people in mind, because when when uh, Facebook was doing this, when Facebook was building, I don't think that they even thought about this, right? Like it's not that they were evil; it was just that they kind of fell into this uh, opportunity and they took it. You know, like I don't think that they necessarily it wasn't possible. That. It wasn't possible back then. It wasn't yeah, possible. It wasn't possible. But now it's, it's possible, and it they can't go back, right? Because their business model doesn't allow them. But like I said, you know, like somebody like me, I can come in. I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to make it as easy as possible for people to to make money, to make, you know, uh, to to actually live, not in a way that you're just living to feed that algorithm, right? And, and if you are training AI, you need to know that you are training AI. You know, like we don't want to be like the, the, this fossils, but, you know, that are being used just uh, to kind of fuel this thing. You know, we're like, it, it, I, I, in my book, I give the example, I say that it's kind of like, you know, the way that Facebook uh, and, and these other social social channels, the way that it worked was that they were like, okay, they come into your, imagine you're living in a house and in your backyard, there's a uh, there's an oil well, right? And, and you don't know how to use it. You don't know how to refine that oil, you know, to use it. So somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to give you some free food. You know, I'm going to give you, you know, some croissants, you know, and, and, and let me refine this oil that is in your backyard, right? But then they refine the oil and they take it away. They, they walk away with it. That's what's happened to 
our data on social media, right? And, and we are like that. They've given us some free email. They've given us a, a thing where we can connect with our friends. And then they've taken away all of our data and they train their, their uh, machines. And what happens now is that that machine is going to make you, you know, like essentially like not not usable you know like like we have we're gonna have no use you know yeah because we're, we're slave we're slaves to their networks yeah as opposed to participants and it's as simple as that we know? need to change that and the more people so if you were in the first ten thousand youtube channels you could have done really well and there's 58 million of them right nobody cares about you mm -hmm. so you know nobody makes any money except the big breakthrough it's exactly the same has happened in music so yeah. Spotify utterly destroyed what artists got paid for, which was making their music. So they get nothing now. I mean, literally nothing for millions and millions and millions of streams. So artists like the Rolling Stones, why do the Rolling Stones tour at 80 years old? They're both Keith and Mick are 80 this year. Why are they touring? It's because it's the only way to make money. Because if you think about what touring is, it's a concentration of people in a certain moment and time. So it's scarcity and experience. Spotify has changed that. I used to remember when I grew up, I used to go to the record store when the latest album was out, buy it, have the cover, go and play it. It was an experience. And now there's no experience. It just comes, it you know, mixes with your thousands of other songs that you've got on a Spotify list. So we've lost that. So people go and pay huge money to now to go to concerts. So the, the music is free, but the concerts are $200, $300, $400 just to go to a concert. And that's how the artists can make money but because they lost control of their own IP because and, of the yeah. algorithm. And we are very close for that to happen to all of us. You know, we are almost there. But we can, we can still, we still have an opportunity to change that. And I really think that blockchain technology and, uh, you know, the combination of. Well, how, think of how many companies pour gazillions of dollars into trying to create targeted ads and how many of them actually work? Not that many. So you're always testing. Everyone says you need to test, test. What that is, is you are going to pay and you might have a lottery ticket chance of success. And yet so, we just keep doing it because it used to work. So now what will happen is that in uh, in a platform like ours, what, what will happen is that let's say I want to reach. Uh, so right now it's early days and, you know, the space is very small and I can simply come to you and say, hey, I've got this content. I'm going to give free access to all Real Vision users, you know, and they can discover us. Right. But in the future, what will happen is that I will have to pay you. I will pay you to say, hey, you know, I want to get access to your audience. You know, these are people that, that you know, listen to you and, and I want to give them, you know, maybe free trial. But, but I pay you. I pay you for, you know, a certain amount of tokens because you have worked hard to build that audience. Right. And you own that relationship with your audience. You can, you know, technically, though, technically is that I can simply add your contract address and give them access. But the only thing is, how do they know, right? Like, so, so you still need this, you need this to be uh, amicable. You need this to be in a way that you work together, you collaborate together, right? Because otherwise I could like basically kind of like um, how they did this with OpenSea and uh, and um, was it that uh, rare, um, looks rare, right? Like looks rare, you know, and, and Blur did the same thing, right? So you, you would say, 
you know what, if uh, we are going to do this, we are going to give tokens to all the uh, OpenSea, uh, you know, users, you, you know, so, so you steal them. That's not going to work in the long term. It's not going to work like that. It, you, you because you won't be able to figure out already in my wallet, I get airdropped so much stuff. You yeah, don't know what's so a scam, what's a spam. So how do you notify people, right? Email is actually exactly. quite powerful still. It's quite difficult to not use Twitter or social media and or email. That'll get sold eventually as well. So, so, so this is. I think these are some of the things that um, it's important to kind of explain to people why this is important for their businesses, why this is important for their companies. You know, uh, whether they are big corporations, why they need to get into this. Just like the the way that they decided that they, they figured out they need to be on social media, they need to have some kind of presence. They have well, to let me content. let me tell you a little story about this. I got asked by the marketing group of Great Britain to go and present about Web3 by the chairman. And he's like, listen, they're going to be a tough crowd because they're quite stodgy, white and old. But, you know, people need to hear this, much like you're saying. So it's black tie Claridge's. And anybody who doesn't know, Claridge's is a very fancy hotel and had to wear the dinner suit, all of this stuff. So I gave my talk. And I did it kind of in the round, allowing questions as we go, because a lot of people's knowledge is you know, different parts of the journey. At one point, a lady stood up who was a chief marketing officer from a very big firm based in the UK and said, and she must have been in her late 50s, and she's like, this is all a scam. This whole thing is a scam. This is like, you know, this is evil. This is terrible. And what happened was about 20% of the room stood up and applauded. Right. That's where we are in this space. The UK is well behind the US. South Korea is probably ahead of the US. You know, there's different people, you know, UK regulations better, Switzerland, Singapore. But th this is the split still of people like I don't and I, I always step back and don't take this personally. I think why? Why the reaction? Like if somebody said, Oh, we've got mobile phones, I'm just gonna go, oh, that's outrageous. Like, no, it's just a technology. Why, why the emotional response? And what it was is that chief marketing officer had had to go from the old world of television advertising and radio advertising to internet. And they'd won. They got through. That's why they're the chief marketing officer. They survived that massive transition everybody had to go through. And then they're there in their late 50s at the peak of their career. And they've told, sorry, that's not the peak. We got Web three to go now, <laughs> and they're like, "I'm not doing it. I, 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 I don't. I can't. I can't take this on board. I can't deal with it." Um, and that's that's an issue um, that I think people will still find is it, it, even if you're watching this and you're having an emotional reaction to it, you need to ask why are you having that reaction, right? It's like we all have an emotional reaction to AI, and we know why because am I worthless as a human? You know, what, what is my sense of worth? And that's they're okay to ask these questions. But if you're having an emotional reaction to blockchain technology because FTX went bust, well, then you should have that about the entire banking system and every other startup that's ever happened that's gone bust. You don't. You distance yourself from them. And so you need to say, well, not all banks, the entire system of money is terrible because Lehman went under. Yes, there's structural issues with the banking system, but we don't draw that conclusion but in this they do why because it's a big threat nobody knows what it means 
my business model has to change. Therefore, I can shout at the clouds or I can embrace it. My yeah. view is you embrace always have to it. embrace your own disruption because if not, you'll just be the angry bystander watching it all go by. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, we would not go from apes to where we are now. So last question, um, because I know that we are at time. I uh, I appreciate that you need to go. Um, so tell me about your thoughts on, I, I it, and this is potentially opening up for a future podcast to bring you back, you know, but, but thinking about what are your thoughts on this whole idea of whether the universe, whether, whether this, this experience that we have, uh, whether this is, um, a simulation uh, do you think about it like with the with metaverse do you think about it well the question is is are we in a simulator now are, are we somebody else's so the, um like the, the the gentleman that i sent you ted talk of don hoffman he's been on my podcast and he's been on tom bilio's podcast three times um as well so to, to check it out but super interesting because if that's the case, maybe this, uh, and if they're truly we are going towards a singularity, as Ray Kurzweil would say, these are people that I would love to see on your podcast, by the way. I really want to see a conversation between you and Ray Kurzweil, you know, with Donald Hoffman, because they will be so interesting. But um, if we are going towards this singularity and with, the, with this exponential thing that's happening with AI, what if we manage to crack that code like that, that we figure out? what is behind that right what is the singularity could it be the, the moment that we figure that out i mean yeah do you think about these things and the smaller thought is that by 2039 this is from a quote by mo gordat who ran google x so he's he knows a lot about ai and he's by 2039 rake hellswell's idea of a singularity is so obvious by the end of 2029 we will have AI, AI will be smarter than the generalized human being. Yeah. So a generalized AI is smarter than the general human being. Right now, it's much better that, that at any human at any specific task, but not in general. By 2039, if you continue the accelerated rate, which has been proven to be right, much like Moore's law, um, then you get to it being a thousand times more intelligent. So that is the equivalent of Einstein versus a fly. And we are and we are the fly. If you think of the difference between humans and apes, what is that difference? Is it a magnitude of 50x, 20x, 10x, whatever? A thousand X. Right. So we don't stand a chance. How do you now, feel about it? It is what it is. Now, what happens if it's unstoppable as well? What happens if somebody figured this out a million years ago? and the way to populate planets is to start bacteria of different types that exist and they know that they evolve and then they eventually evolve this way because this is what evolution goes to because we then invent computers when you look at human genomes it's code humans are just code the atomic structure is code so these are things are codified so why could we not have been planted by some other society? I mean, I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't really care. But the point being is, is humans have this human-centric view that we are everything. And here we are walking towards us being replaced by the next creature, which is the AI. 
and there's not a damn thing we can do about it. I'm excited about it. I'm so excited about it. I'm like so. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll all be dead by the time we we have to report to the robot overlords. Yeah, but I, like whatever happens in my lifetime, you know, I really want to see. There are a few other people. One other person you should check out, Joshua Bach. Uh, he did an amazing interview with uh, two amazing interviews with uh, Lex Friedman. I think you will enjoy. Thank you so much, uh, Raul. I I want to be respectful of your time. I hope that we can have you back. Great. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Raoul Pal. In case you do not follow Real Vision, be sure to get on that right now. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Arya Show.